But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, something that I just you did, you did a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Nine by Nine. My name is Everett Delorme, joined as always by my gentleman friend to the south, Mr. Rob St. Clair. Rob, how we doing? How's Chicago these days? Wonderful. Uh, Chicago's great. It was. It's very warm this week. It. Uh, it's like oh, one one more too. week of fake summer. It's very nice. Yeah. It's like I left. I left my house this morning to go to go for a nice little walk, get a little coffee. I'm like, mm, it's fall out. Going to throw a nice little jacket on. No, bad Wrong. idea. Too hot. I'm sweating. What? Like, <laughs> why? It's 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 October. Uh, this is the nine by nine. This is the eighty-one square meters of the best football content on the internet. Rob, it's here. Club season is here. Honestly, I kind of prefer club season in some ways to international season. A, there's a lot less on the line for me. Right? My emotions, <laughs> my emotions can handle it. I can just watch as an observer. There's there's not that that mental turmoil of having your country go up. Uh, go up against another but also there's just way more drama way way more going on so much volleyball to watch and we are now basically in full swing as you know we got underway with the, the Pusliga and the Superliga this weekend and I think we're basically only waiting on the Bundesliga to, to, to be you know gone all the way through pretty much and they even played their like whatever, whatever yeah. the bounce house cup is like sort of a preseason like super cup situation so yeah it's yeah. back uh, club season is back it's a faster turnaround than ever, and we're kind of falling into a rhythm here on the 9 by 9 as we just break down everything that happened all weekend and all week and because there's volleyball going on constantly in all the different leagues all over the world. So I think we should start with Men's Super Lega because week one yeah. is in the books, and it was a spicy Dive one. Right into it, it. it is so good to have Super Lega volleyball back. Like it, The Discord was popping off all day on Sunday. Six matches, basically all the same time. Most of them were very fun. I'd say yes. really only like... Perugia three dong and Catania and uh, Piacenza three Piacenza dong and Padova. Those are the only yeah. ones without any drama. But the, the chat is, yeah, the chat is already expecting me to go off about Mold. <laughs> well, let's start and there. Let's start there. Let, go let, for honestly, it. Honestly, let, let's start there. Mold does really damn good. <laughs> Mold does really damn good and really fun to watch. Um, that like, I mean, this also like they beat Lube twice last year. So this is this is something that like this is something that, that, that that's starting to happen uh, a little bit, but yeah, Monza looked very very good. Uh, why my computer is just freaking out of me as I pull up the stats? Here we go. For me, it's it's just how they spread out that offense. But you've got three guys in double digits with Ran and uh, Mar and Arthur Schwartz. Schwartz led the way with seventeen points. I don't know who the commentator was on Saturday. Um, he kept on calling him Schwark, which is like you obviously haven't been watching volleyball if, if you're calling him Schwark. He was decidedly bad. It was very boring, but man, <laughs> it's a standard, 50, standard 59% attacking for Monza. They only that's, made one unforced error. That's ridiculous. That to me was 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 ridiculous. They were so, so, so efficient. This is a team that's rolling, and this is a team that like we glimpses of it with Monza last year and I think with the additions of, of Ran Takahashi and Eric Lepke out there with Arthur Schwartz on the right side like oh things are things are gonna get scary out there for for anyone playing against Monza yeah so that there's a good reason why Kachopa found his way on the thumbnail of this episode and that's because yeah. the, the like when yeah. you set a team to 59 percent kills that uh, and 
sky high efficiency, probably pretty close to 50%, then uh, you deserve a lot of credit. So the, yeah, that, that performance by Kachopa was sick. Arthur Schwartz, 14 for 22, 64% kills. Like, get real. That's above 50% efficiency for your first match of the season is insane. Ran Takahashi, even better. 10 for 15, no errors. Steven Marr, 10 for 18. The middles were like good enough. Uh, also, 11 aces in three sets. Like yeah. that was an absolute clinic put on by Monza. And it, f- first of all, it, I hope that everybody watched our Super Lega preview from last week that Everett and I did with Tommy Blizzard and our Plus Liga preview that we did with Adonos because there was so much, there's so much content and so much like sort of outlook for those teams that we talked about in those shows that I'm excited to already see how how close we were, how accurate we were in our projections. And sure enough, we were dead right about Monza in terms of who we guessed their starters were going to be. We were right about Mar, Takahashi, and Schwartz as the three yep. wings. And we were right about Kachopa being a monster and, he's, the, and he's how, how good that, that team's offense could potentially be. And sure enough, it's, like right out of the gates, unbelievable. It's weird to say this, but it's fun to see what Kotopa can do with real hitters. <laughs> After watching him struggle with the Brazilian national team all summer. On the flip side on this, Rob, Lube. Now we saw them we saw them come rough out of the gate last year, but this this was bad. 25% hitting for, for Ivan Zaitsev, 29% for Adis Lagumja. Like that to me is, is, is where their problems lie. You bring in Lagumja to be your big dog on the right side to, to throw down some points, and he goes out there and lays an egg. Six for 21, got blocked twice, uh, and, and had an error. I mean, the only bright stop spot in this match offensively was, of course, Alex Nikolov, and he was back out there as a traditional left side, taking some reception reps, and he wasn't that bad either. No, his reception numbers were okay, and he hit 11 for 17, which is spectacular, and was the yeah. only like productive server on Lube. So I was surprised to see him start over Marlon yet, but clearly it worked. He certainly wasn't yeah. a problem, but uh, they definitely missed Simone Anzani. I mean, Enrico Diamantini is definitely a downgrade while uh, while Anzani tries to get healthy, but... Yeah, it's this is not that dissimilar from the Lube we saw last year when we when we it was kind of like a lottery of who was going to play at the wings and how are those players going to perform, especially on offense. And yeah, like you said, Zaitsev and Lugums are just not good enough. But it, to me, it's fine. Lube's older team, a couple new pieces, slow start, whatever. I'm just more impressed by how good Monza looked in the first match. I think that Lube is yeah. going to be fine. I, I do too, and I mean, like once again, there was there was times last year, Rob, where you and I were both like. Lube is not making the finals this year. Like Lube, Lube might not even be a top four team. And of course, they they figured it out and and went on that incredible run. Um, but yeah, you're right. To me, this was all Monza. Like, yep. This was Monza demonstrating their play style and really putting that pressure on Lube throughout the entire the entirety of the match. And Lube just really wasn't there to handle it. They they could not handle the pressure. No, not yet. Uh, but first match day of 22, I do think Lube is going to be fine. But this was uh, that was a statement game from Monza, and I was very impressed. 100%. Uh, absolutely. Uh, next up, Rob, let's chat about Modena versus Milano. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to call this one an upset because I think that these two teams are very close, but I would have thought that this one would have gone somewhat easily to Milano based off our, our preseason preview and what we saw last year. It was the other way around. Modena holding the fort at home getting the job done and getting that first win. And they got stomped in the second set, especially. And they, they were down two to one and had to bring it back. I mean, 25-12 in the second is 
is yeah. a little is a little bit embarrassing. And uh, the, somebody in the chat already pointed out that that was my my first takeaway was Milano blocked twenty one balls and lost this match. Yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts. Twenty one stuff blocks, ten from Matteo Piano. I don't know when the last time is I saw double digit blocks from one player. That's absolutely ridiculous. A That's five from Loser as well. Crazy. Ten. That's ten. crazy. But uh, on the other side, I mean, serving for for Milano not that great. Three for eighteen. Nope. Um, uh, three aces, eighteen errors. I mean, still not that great on the Modena side. Six, six and twenty five. So I would say that's I would say that that's that's somewhat uh, uh, noticeable. But for me, the big thing um, for both of these teams was the lack of their right side uh, contribution. Like by the end of that match, you had Rieger Bears who had come in for Peter Durlich on the right side, and then Davis Skiba ended up playing. But Davis Skiba ended up playing some right side in place of Maxim Shaposhkov, and that's who they won the match with. Like, yeah. Davis Skiba got got subbed in in the fourth. Uh, fourth Shaposhkov and stayed on through the fifth. Um, so that's very interesting on the Modena side. That is a little weird. Yeah, Saposhkov, uh 16 for 32 with 11 errors in like four yeah. and a half sets, blocked seven times. And that's the crazy thing is that when you're seven foot three, the only like you should never be getting stuff blocked seven times unless you're bringing the ball down into the block and not hitting the ball as high as you can. And that's like that's nobody's fault but your own. Unless Bruno's not setting him the ball high enough, and that didn't really look like the problem to me. So, uh, but that, that could be the case. I wasn't. I wasn't watching for that. I need to go back and watch it on the volumetric. Yeah, me uh, too. Line. But uh, um, I mean, Davi Skiba being a utility guy is actually something we saw when he played at Monza a little bit. There, there were times yeah. when Grozer got hurt two seasons ago that they mm-hmm. needed to just throw someone on the right side, and Davi Skiba went in there and played fine. And yeah, sure enough, he kind of rescued the match for him. I also was really impressed by old man Osmani Wantarena. 14 yes. for 26 attacking and passed the ball lights out. Phenomenal reception numbers. 46% perfect, 73% positive, no reception errors. That is brilliant. And if he and can he play looks- that role, like that's not really what I was expecting as far as no. like Juan Terena's com- contributions, but that was a huge help to a, a Modena team that needed him to do exactly that. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, he looked good even all throughout all five uh, all five sets. We'll see if he can do it for an entire season. Is Modena playing any CEV this year? I don't think so. Mm. It's tough to say. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure. I, I doubt it because they they didn't make they didn't win a quarterfinal series, and they didn't like Monza ended up finishing fifth last year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, they, they like, lost in that like that fifth place playoff. Yeah, and fair Perugia enough. sixth. So I, I would think that Monza might they play Challenge seventh. Cup, and that's it. Seventh at best. So yeah, Modena might not yeah. not have to worry about the that like CV Cup schedule they which, played last which, year, which is which is which is good for Modena. And for sure, this, this is clearly a little bit of an older team. But going back to Shaposhkov, to me, this is why I think Verona was comfortable letting him go. Because we saw that kind of he started off really, really hot. Like his beginning of the season was oh, he was almost untouchable. And he really started to, to peter off as as the year went on. And I'm really interested to see how he how he moves on. I don't know if it was necessarily the best move from Modena to go from from Lukumja versus uh, to Soposhkov. I don't know what the situation is there. I don't know if like but if they did let uh, Lukumja go, I Lukumja is a is a is a player that that we know. Sopochkov had a very good first season. Let's see if he can do it again this year. Yeah, but I mean, the, the thing I said during the preview last week is, as we talked about the sophomore slump, which is a pretty big deal, especially in the Superliga, is is 
being seven foot three enough to overpower the sophomore slump and i guess we'll we'll have to see i mean but getting blocked that much is not a good sign on the milano side uh this is I mean, I'm, I'm sure this this one stings a bit to block 21 balls and lose the match, but they did it entirely with their backup setter. This Nicola Zonta kid looked actually mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um. And yeah, their, their opposite production, both from Zierlitz and Riggers, was not good at all. And still, they they hung around decently well in this match. I mean, Yuki Ishikawa was pretty good. Matei Kaziski was okay. Mm-hmm. And at uh, best, that the middles were great, the opposites were not. And with their backup setter, uh, d- you got you got a point out of this. This this is not a bad thing for Milano. Uh, we'll see if their if their like opposite connection improves when Poro comes back. But as we know, that's that's probably his biggest weakness oh, setting wise. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like the next time these two teams play. When when these yeah, two too. teams play again in the second half of the season with a lot more volleyball under their belts, I think it could be a different match. It'll probably be similarly competitive, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm curious to see how that match differs from this one. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. To me, when I look at this Modena roster, it's not a roster that has much room for growth. Right, it's not a roster that I think has a, has a really high ceiling. Um, to me, I'm wondering why they kept Anton Brema uh, on the bench um, because, like, you've got so many Italians out there. Like, Juan is technically a, is is definitely an Italian. He played for their national team, so he's 100 percent nationalized. Um, Sanguinetti is Italian. Stankovic is Italian. Ronaldi is Italian. Federici is Italian. Um, Federici is Italian. Why don't you have Anton Brema in there? Is unless he's injured, but he's he's getting he's getting subbed in. That is is one of the areas yeah. that can get better, but yeah. But when you look at this this Milano team and what they can become, and I mean, it's very similar to the team that they had last year. Um, the only big difference, of course, is is no Jean Patrice. So we'll see how uh, Derlich and uh, and Rigas are able to figure it out. Yeah, uh, when they get Poro back, they'll be a little bit more complete. Uh, the, the, my personal favorite thing I've read about club season being back is that we get to watch Daddy Stankovic. Oh, True. so good to see him out there. He looks so good. And he had a good Rob match. Was, he had a good match. Rob was, Rob was sporting a half chub the entire time. 100%, 100%. I mean, Daddy is my hero. It was good to see him out there. He looks great. All right. Uh, Rob, What? 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 which one do you want to chat about next? Uh, I think we can skip Perugia and Piacenza's wins. Uh, but we yep. should we should talk about Trentino, the reigning champions, uh, needing five sets to beat Cisterna. Yes. It's a little weird. It was a little weird. They went down it was, to nothing. Or yeah. two, it went down two to one, rather. Uh, they they did completely. Trentino did completely dominate the fifth, uh, fifteen to eight. But uh, Chisterna, kind of similar to last year, they with very few expectations and a lot of unknowns. They kind of scrapped their way into being really competitive the first half of the year until teams start to figure them out. I think that's a little bit of what happened here. Uh, Tail four was good, mm-hmm. so that was nice. Nineteen for forty one. That good for him. Um, Pavle Peric started it outside kind of like we thought maybe he would uh, pretty good yeah. 16 for 38 and on the Trentino side just a little bit sleepy until uh, let's see who ended up waking up and really carrying him Micheletto was very good 16 for 27 with one error is is excellent and Lavia 17 for 30 as well like if your wings are hitting that well you really probably shouldn't be going to five with you staring at no, but that to me is like like I, I didn't watch this match, um, but that to me kind of shows that like I, I Trentino had a better second half of the game, let's say, yep, than than the than the first half. It just looked like they were struggling. To me, I think that's we're going to see Trentino struggle because of the the lack of Lorenzetti on the sidelines. 
Like that, that to me is, is that consistency has to be tied into him. I do agree with that. Um, Cause like, like we said on the super league preview last week, this is mostly the same team. The only differences are Kozamarnik in the middle and Rickliski on the right side and like play style wise, that should still look like the Trentino that we're used to. Uh, and yeah, the, the biggest loss definitely is, is coach Lorenzetti leaving to go to Perugia. Uh, Rickliski, by the way, he was okay. Uh, 15 for 33, four errors, pretty about, about, you know, about 33% efficiency. That's fine. You, you don't really need any more or less than from Rickliski than that. So he certainly didn't contribute to them uh, losing those sets that they lost. Um, but that's Rich Licky will never be the reason you lose the game. Like that's, nor that's, will he ever be the reason why you win the game. And that's why I think his I would, style I would, fits well. I would disagree with that a little bit. I think he's very, he's very standard, but I know you and I you and I differ on that. <laughs> yeah, we do. I'm not very high on tricycle man. Uh, I, I don't have that much more to say about this game, honestly. I think this no. is a, a pretty classic. She's staring a punch in above their weight class early in the season, and um, Trentino and their, being their the teams team. are. For Tristino, their team is always different at the beginning of the year. So you That's go right. in, you have no, you have no video on no. this team together. You don't know anything. You, know, about you, them. you don't, you don't know who some of these guys are. Like Ramon, like Jordi, Jordi Ramon Fajagut from uh, from Spain. Spain. Know nothing about this guy, but he dropped twenty one points, so that's all right. He went, he went thirteen for thirty, um, with seven aces. Uh, yeah, that's that's what the people were saying last week when we previewed it. Is that by far his best, best attribute is serving. Apparently, he can wow. he, he can tear the cover off the ball. Yeah, he had twenty three serves, seven aces, only five errors. So that's that's really damn good. Seven aces in a in a five set match is is huge. That's I awesome. Mean, that right there. Yeah, I mean he has had as many aces as as Trentino as a team. Um, so that's huge. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I think that's exactly what we see. Like that's what we saw last year with with just Tr- and, and Peter Durlich, Right? Is that like you just don't know what to expect from these guys, and it takes a little bit to to get a handle on. <laughs> Our friend Kenny Diaper in the chat says Rick Liskey is the mid of mid, and I completely agree. I disagree. All right. Uh, anything else to chat about here from Week One Superlega? Yeah, we should talk about Verona versus Toronto a little bit because um, Verona beat him. They beat him in four. But I was most curious to see what they did lineup wise, and uh, this was not even True. a little, not even remotely close to what I expected because you saw Rock Mozic and Axel Truchev on the outsides. I didn't really even know who that was, but like. Apparently, Nomura Keita is not with the team yet. Or, uh, and actually, Tommy Blizzard even told us that, that he wouldn't be playing the first couple games. But you have Donovan Zavaronok. Who even is Axel, Axel Truchev? And why is he starting I over think. a player of Zavaronok's caliber? Don't understand that one. But it was really good to see Amin. Amin Esmailnejad, 18 for 31 with one error yeah, in his super late debut. That's awesome. That is awesome. And Amin has been such a question mark for us. Like he jumped onto the scene in Vienna last summer. We were all like, yo, Iran's got a guy. Like Iran has a guy. And then he's just kind of meh. he was very, very, like very, very average at world championships last year. And then just was okay this year. So very good to see him drop some numbers. I'm I think Verona's going to be like someone needs to be on them with a with a with a camera crew because they are going to be interesting, interesting. I would love to see inside of there like Stoyachev leading guys like Amin and uh, um, 
and Nomori Keita. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, Axel Trechev is French, I believe. Yes, he is French. Um, Absolutely. He's a 95. He's mostly played in the French League. Last year, he played in the Bulgarian League for their their main team, Burgas. Um, and yeah, now apparently he's good enough to play in the Superliga. Well, but what is, out here getting the start. He, yeah, what does he do? I mean, his numbers were bad. Like, what what is he doing starting over Donovan Javorodok, who's been in the Superliga for like three years? Stoichev. Yes. Say yes. it with me, Rob. Yes. Stoichev, right? Where is uh, Stoichev from? Bulgaria. Where did this man play last year? Bulgaria. Like this is this is the classic of like he probably just like walked into the gym or like one of his buddies called him up. Like, hey, we got we we got this guy. He's really good in the Bulgarian league. Yeah, he he does a really good job. Yeah, and so you like, should start. I found him the next one. League. I I found the next one. You know what? He's probably going to do good for a few matches. He's probably going to do all right. And then of course we're going to have the uh, Mads Ked Jensen uh, effect going on over there. So God, I would just hate. If I were a Verona fan, I would tear all of my hair out watching Stoichev make some of the decisions that he makes. I just don't get it. Um, on the Toronto side, I was bummed to see Kyle Russell not get the start. He came mm-hmm. in as, as a serving sub and served the ball great. I think he went on a run as that he, helped, helped, cool. helped them win the third set. And then he started it opposite in the fourth and wasn't as good. So that was a bit of a bummer. But Jeff Jendrick, man. Jeff Thir- Jendrick. 13 for 17 attacking, no errors and three blocks. He led his team in scoring as a middle. This is I love when middles do this. Like Me this too. is like Jendrick Landy? Oh does that work? Oh man. But like that's like that's the type of effect, right? When you're having that effect, like you your team gets a good pass and everyone in the gym knows it's going to you and you still can't stop them. Right. That is, he, that he, is a Robert Landy Simon stat line. He got three blocks uh, as well. His serving wasn't as good, but he still had 13 serves, only only two errors. So his yeah. his his numbers are all right there. So yeah, Jeff Jendrick, welcome to the Superlega, bug. Let's welcome, go. Welcome to the Superlega. Welcome to the Superlega. Um, he has a he has a chance to be like a top five middle in the league this year on a on a bad team, and yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see for sure because he's probably as, as certainly as far as like national team potential goes, Jendrick should be Toronto's best player. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like they're, they're like, I mean, he 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 definitely has like the most quality like right now. And yeah, then, like especially coming from that American program that was just running in the summer, he's running at a high gear at the moment. Yep, definitely. Also, uh, Lanza, thirteen points, nice little eleven for twenty-seven. Not too bad for the man, with the hair. <laughs> oh, looks better on Instagram than he does on the court. Uh, here are the standings after one match. Um, and nothing crazy because it's only one match in. Oh, who do we got? Is is the Super Cup this weekend or is it the weekend yeah. after? It's this weekend. It's this weekend. I guess it's like like next week, sort of. It's a Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. So we might do a show. I I I bet our next episode, probably next Monday or Tuesday, will be before the Super Cup. So um, we'll preview it then. But it, so does that mean there's a full weekend of games on Saturday and Sunday? Yes, there is. Uh, Verona versus Modena Saturday. That's pretty good. Uh, Milano versus Piacenza Sunday. Monza versus Perugia Sunday. Mm. Um, and I yes, like the, Super Cup, the Super Cup does start. It uh, goes down on Tuesday. Um, 
Halloween, by the way. Uh, Perugia versus Trentino, and then Piacenza versus Lube. Um, 5.30 Italian time for Perugia versus Trentino, 8.30 for uh, Lube versus Piacenza. Yep, and then the final will be next Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, we'll probably do a show before that so we can talk about this yeah. uh, second round of Super League games and preview that. Uh, all right, is that it for Italy? Where, where do you want to jump to next? I think we should jump to the Plus Liga next. Uh, Let's do it. They, they got kicked off, what was it, on Friday? And, I mean, man, some of those teams, the Plus Liga is going to be such a marathon this year. So they've, some of them have already played two games. Like, yep. like There's a bunch of teams who have, who have already played two games, including Zaxa uh, and JW. They're the only two teams uh, sitting at 2-0 and so far this year. And, I mean, some interesting results already from the first set of matches. Looking down at that third level there, uh, Rob's pick to win the Plus Liga. Zavierci gets off to a rough start with a 3-1 loss to Olshtin. And then also, Vorshava coming up with a big 3-1 win over last year's regular season champs in Rissovia. Other than that, pretty pretty normal stuff, I would say. Which one yeah. of these matches, if, if either, do you want to talk about? Uh, we'll definitely talk about both of them. I mean, also, like we always say about the Plus Liga, because there's so many matches, so many teams, they're playing volleyball basically every day. And every day. there's literally a match going on right now. There is. And as a matter of fact, it's, yeah. it's uh, Charney Rodham versus Trefl Gdansk. Uh, first set was 39-37. <laughs> so they're crazy. And uh, yeah, Gdansk is up 2-0. They, they won the first, the first 39-37, which is ridiculous. So there's there's matches going on constantly. Yeah, we definitely got to talk about both Xavier and Rosovia losing their first games. Um, after the Rosovia loss, we saw TJ DeFalco on Instagram, who typically traditionally does not do particularly well with losing. He posted something like, it's okay, we're going to be fine. It's very hard to beat a team who's been together for two months. So what it sounded like he was saying is uh, Rosovia has been together for like two weeks because their guys were all playing national team. And Vrishava has mm-hmm. been together for a very long time, like all since the preseason. And while he's not wrong about that, that's not an excuse that I like to hear first match of the year. But um, we can look at the stats of this. DeFalco was very good. Uh, 43% efficiency, 18 for 30 and 19 points. He led his team. Uh, let's see. How is Boye? That's that's what I want to know. Um, Boye. Did Boye even play? He's not even on the roster. Okay, well, that answers that he question. Wasn't wasn't even there after France not even playing the uh, the uh, Olympic, Olympic qualifier. qualifier. All that's right, that's very interesting. That's was a little it, weird. Was it last week? Was it last week that pa- in our in our preview that Pavel told us that TJ DeFalco's is like the biggest in the Plus Liga ever? The biggest contract, yeah. But yeah. Pavel said that somebody in our contracts though also said that that might be Beniak this year making the most money, but maybe that's just for this year. And Defalco has like the more lucrative long term contract. Whatever it is, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised at all that Defalco is making a ton of money at Rosovia and and uh, Boye, as our chat is telling us right now, is injured in training, which I actually didn't know. So uh, thank you, chat, for that. So this Jakubutski guy who we actually saw play a bit last year. When Muzai was bad for Rosovia, yeah. Butsky came in. He was fine, 12 for 21. Um, Chebul, not good enough. He got benched for Yassin Luati. Uh, Kochanovsky, very good. No surprise there. Uh, who's the other middle? Close, not so good. Uh, just didn't really have that much of an impact. But uh, on the Vershava side, uh, Bartomier Bolange in his Vershava debut, the big lefty, 17 for 25, 48% efficiency. Very, very nice. Yeah. 
I mean, hey, look, Vrsava on the day, 54% efficiency, 61% hitting. That's, that's that's very nasty in itself. And you, you just look at these numbers. Tilly with 16, Bolaj with 18, Shalpuk with 17. Even down the middle, Semenyuk had 13 and Rona had 8. So, like, this is a team that's going to be adding some top-level middle, middle talent as well later on in the season as, as some of their guys coming back from injury. Is Warsaw like legit? Is are they a top four team legit? They are bare minimum fifth, and that's where they finished last bare, year. Yeah, and bare and minimum, bare sure. minimum, bare minimum. But it, it it's like it's it's like this Warsaw team is very much it's it's a it's just a collection of all the warmed leftovers. Like it's <laughs> all of the guys who are just not so like not so good. And I was like Furlay is like. Not on the like, you know, like not the guy for the the Polish national team. Schalpuk is the same thing. You know, Grabelny wasn't he Belgian before? He's both Belgian and Polish. And, I'm not not, Polish. not sure which he counts for as far as Plusliga yeah. goes. But yeah, like and now DeFalco and complaining on Instagram actually does have a point. Every one of these guys is like the the, the like the next guy outside the national team. You know, Fearlay. Yeah. Other than. Other than Tilly, of course. But then his team didn't have to play Olympic qualifiers. So th- this team has been together for the entirety of the preseason, except for Bolanz, who got called at the last minute to be the backup opposite for Poland uh, when, when Kurek couldn't go to Olympic qualifiers. So, and so somebody said in the chat, um, Fearlay completely ran circles around Fabian Zizka's setting. And if you've watched this channel before, that shouldn't surprise you at all. Uh, our thoughts on Fabian Zizka have been abundantly clear. If you've watched volleyball at all, you should, <laughs> you should be surprised. Somebody says, and rightly so, Zizka looks like he spent the summer in the restaurants. <laughs> that means he, he might did. he might be probably on the, the all-chungus team next to Irvin Ingepet. Uh, I mean, yes. Ingepet dropped 18 this weekend for Huck Bank, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm impressed by Vershava. I think that Rosovia will be just fine. It's it's classic like first match of the year stuff. We should though talk about Olsen beating Xavierce because that yeah. was f- both fun and very impressive. Yeah, I mean Olsen coming in. I mean it, it has to be pointed out who the hell is Sapinski? Cesare Sapinski. Alan Souza dropping 18. That's to be expected. I feel like Souza fits in nicely in Poland, where you know he's. He's not undersized, but he's maybe a little bit uh, undersized. He's 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 very athletic, of course. Um, he's not undersized, but he's maybe a little bit undersized. <laughs> you know what you know what I mean, though. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, Souza with with eighteen, Sapinski with uh, thirteen, Surge yeah. or Sapinski with eight, nineteen, Surgeon. He's a middle, uh, and he went sixteen for sixteen attacking. 100% efficiency for a middle Cesare Sipinski, who I personally have never heard of. And uh, I don't know, it's on the show last week, wasn't even projecting him as the starter. And I mean, 16 for 16 plus a block, like, and two aces. That is ridiculous. He's a against... 90, he's a 94. So this is not some like, he's like 29 years old. This is not some spry young chicken who's just bursting onto the scene. Um, he's played for the past like five years, five or six years for Suvalki. Um, That's wild. From 20, since 20, he's been, been playing for Suvalki since 2017. 16 for 16 is a completely ridiculous, completely ridiculous match. Like no, no matter who, who you are or where, that's insane. Uh, Sherjan was good 12 for 28 before he got hurt. He like pulled an ab muscle, had to come out. We saw Manuel Armoa make his Plus Liga debut. That was pretty cool. Love it. 
Uh, good to see Josh Tuaninga back setting that team. And uh, it is on the Xavier Chase side, it is useful to point out that Mateusz Biniak didn't play this match. I think yeah. that makes a big difference. Like if he is in there, you you would have to expect that Sapinski probably doesn't go 16 for 16. If is if Biniak is blocking him instead of Shalaka and Zinishcho. Mm-hmm. And also another thing we said about Xavier Che in, in the preview last week is that they should be the best serving team in the league this year. They had four aces and 20 errors this time. That is not a very good line at all. So uh, you always want to look at the serving performance when Xavier Che plays, and this one just wasn't quite so good. Um, offensively, they were fine. Like, Butrin was fine. Uh, yeah. Kvolek was fine. And uh, Patrick Waba got the started outside, and he was actually very good. So we also didn't see uh, we didn't see Trevor Cleveno in this match either. So Xavier Che very very undermanned first match of the year. Rob, I have a question for you. Do you go through Plus Liga rosters and like like beforehand and, and try to figure out how to pronounce names? Because you you just dropped two names, Salacha and Zinikol, <laughs> Shalaka and Zinishko, and Zinishlo. <laughs> So like what like what did you just like go through these rosters and just be like how do I pronounce these like you message no, dude, I, just being like, like I, I or did, you just I, I are you know I, I, in Polish I do my research I, I know how I know how these letters are supposed to sound in Polish I'm, I'm a pro over here Everett come on that was that was impressive you just like dropped those two and I was like who and I was like <laughs> looking through and I was just like oh okay that's I guess how you pronounce that that's how I guess you pronounce these names dang yep. take notes okay. boy. <laughs> okay, yeah, we need. I think we need to go to Poland sometime. We'll just give you a Polish menu and see what happens. Yeah, that's the thing is, even though I can pronounce things in Polish, I don't. I don't know a single word in the language except <laughs> except one very particular one that starts with K that I won't repeat on this show. Oh, why not? Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's 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 not a nice word. It's very fun to say though. But there's a very strong Polish community here in Chicago, especially in the volleyball community. It's very fun to play volleyball with or against Polish people and hear them curse at each other in Polish. It's great big fan um moving on this is this is actually uh, a game from yesterday technically in week two of uh, the plus liga i don't really like how they just give us like week by week with the plus liga because like it's all over the place like we don't do weeks by and like the nhl nhl or, or nba or something but uh this one zaxa going to the limit with nisa and in a reverse sweep in a reverse sweep as well yeah zaxa went down two to zero and uh the, the fifth set the fifth set went 24 22 this is as as spicy as it gets like some people have pointed out in the chat i even got a dm on instagram about this like rob did you see that there was a match that started on tuesday and ended on wednesday polish time like yes this this match started late it ended after midnight local time very very spicy uh zaxa somehow rescues it um and is able to pull off a reverse sweep over nissa who played great mm-hmm. so uh, they, they really did they deserve this, a lot this of was- it I think this one was really like like once again. I think you're going to see that this. I think this is another like Brasovia versus um, Vorsova situation where you have a team that has been together now for a number of months and has been training together for a number of months, and no one has any video on them. And they can come up and they like, especially early in the season, they can really push these teams that are just coming back together, starting to be to be a unit. Yeah, and Zaxa was missing a middle. I'm not sure what the deal is with Pashitsky, but he didn't play. Yeah. So we saw both Takvam and Wiltenberger across from David Smith, and neither of them were very good at all. Um, Smith was excellent, no surprise there. Uh, Shoji's reception numbers, pretty good, although he was aced four times. That's a little bit rare. Mm-hmm. But Bartosz Bednors, 
23 for 32, 66% efficiency. Bad well, one of those one of those forgotten men. You know, so good. Like him and Schalpuk are kind of sitting in that in that same spot of just being like the sixth, seventh guy uh, on the depth depth chart for Poland. For me, though, another like this is what I love about the Plus Liga: just random polls coming out of nowhere to drop twenty five points, like Rumigu's Kapika. Yep, or he's he's their yeah. backup. Yeah, Kapitsa. He's their backup Kapitza, opposite. Sorry. And uh, I've, I've never seen him before. And nope. apparently neither had Zaxa because he had 19 for 41, 32% efficiency, and six aces. Yeah, six aces. Is, putting up some big numbers there, big numbers there. And I mean, other other than that, like when I go through this Nisa roster, the only other guy I see or recognize is Nikola Zerba. And he was all right. He went eight for 10 in, in this one with three blocks. That's a great stat line for a middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good for Nissa. I'm sure. I'm sure they wish they could have gotten this one done. Uh, they didn't have their starting opposite Matsya Muzai, who dressed at libero, so it must be something going on with him. Um, but yeah, that, that we're going to see a lot of a lot of these early season games be a little bit like like sort of like rock fights. They're just like chucking rocks at each other, a little sloppy, um, but ended up being really fun games. Same with uh, Yashemsky's win over Olsten uh, in week two. That was yep. what yesterday, also I think. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. JSW also pretty undermanned. Uh, they they're missing a bunch of dudes. Uh, Jean Patry really good, really yeah. good. We were a fifty percent efficiency. Yeah. Let's go. I I mean I don't know. Last night or last week was saying like he's not convinced about Patry. He's not not sure if that'll be a downgrade from Boyer last year. And sure enough, uh, off of Tony Uti, his national team teammate, fifteen for twenty eight and fifty percent efficiency. So that's awesome. Good for him. Uh, Norbert Huber looked good. Uh, Rafael Shimura looked good. And that, that's something that I've been wondering about, about JSW, is who's going to be their second outside across from Fornal. And um, Shimura played the perfect L2 support role. And he didn't even pass the ball that well. So, but uh, 14 for 24 plus four blocks is kind of exactly what they were looking for. And they were missing um, missing a bunch of middles. Missing Glotter. Mm-hmm. Missing, because, uh, who? yeah, it should be Glotter and Huber. Some it was guy, Huber. yeah, Huber. So Huber some guy named Markovic uh, started in the middle, who I, I don't know. Four for six because they don't trust him much. He, I mean, he <laughs> played four sets and got no blocks. So yeah, he's he was he was clearly a bit of a pylon out there. Yeah, a bit of a pylon. Um, on the Olsen side, uh, Scherzen didn't play this game. Karwitzek not super high efficiency. Allen was okay. Uh, yeah, he was uh, pretty good. Twenty points, seventeen for thirty-one. That's pretty good. Um, still lacking in the middle. I mean, Sipinski was fu- Sipinski was fine. Didn't wasn't able to repeat that sixteen for sixteen banger. Um, yeah, I'm a little surprised that Armoa didn't start. Although I guess they have issues with the foreigner limit without Sherjan, mm-hmm. kind of like we said about Olsen last week. So they came back down to earth after uh, after beating Xavier Che week one. Somebody in the chat is saying that Trevor Cleveno has mono. That's really bad. Yeah. That, that's going to keep that him is- out for a while. That that oh, mono's mono's not fun. No, mono is that not is fun. no joke. I've never I've never had it, but in eighteen, you one of my teammates had it, and he lost twenty five pounds. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, at seventeen, eighteen years old, you, you can don't have twenty five pounds. You don't have twenty five pounds lose. Uh, shout out to my boy Keith Mahie, uh, one of the all time scores in the uh, the OCAA. But yeah, like that's that's hopefully good. Good. Hopefully we have a Trev no, Trevor Clevno back at sometime soon. <sighs> Yeah, that that's that's not great. You could be out for a very long time with mono. 
Uh, all right. Anything else about the Plus Liga? Because there's games going on right now, and there's games no. going on all the time. There is a Warsaw versus Katowice today. Yeah. Let's see. Shuvalki versus Rostovia tomorrow. Olsen versus Zaksa on Saturday. That's that a good one. Be, uh, that should be pretty good. And Zavierci um, against um, Rostovia. Oh, Rostovia. That's, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. That, that's the that's the classic like Sunday afternoon primetime Polish game. So like kind yeah. of Sunday morning our time. That'll be a good one. I do respect the Polish league that there's never two games on at once. That's like, true. Very, 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 very rarely. You can Completely watch every the opposite single of the Italian game. league. Completely the opposite of the Italian league. Ugh. All right. Anything else about the Plus Liga? Nope. That'll be it. Let's uh, let's keep it moving. All right. Where to next? Ooh. Uh, let's go Italy women. Italy women or Turkey women? What, what's what's ne- what's next for let's you on do, your? Uh, let's do Italy women. All right. Let's do Italy women. And there's really just one match to talk about here that I'm very excited to get into. <laughs> yeah. Malone's over Scandici. That was sick. Yeah. Uh, just let me pull up the stats here. Yeah, I've I've got it here. Uh, so Malonza beat Scandici in five, sixteen, fourteen in the fifth. Very spicy. Paula Egonu, I think, got hurt in the fifth and had to go out. If I saw that correctly, but before then, uh, Egonu thirty three points, thirty for sixty three, sixty three attempts, forty eight percent kills. She did make eleven errors, so a little bit lower efficiency, but. Adu Malawal comes in for her in the fifth set, and uh, I think yeah, an ace and a kill in clutch moments, if I remember right. I was I only really watched the fifth in this one. Uh, Dana Retke, great, thirteen for eighteen. Uh, Miriam Sila started for some reason, nine for twenty nine with five errors. Is a terrible performance. I have no idea why you don't put either Bayama or Kazot or I mean Dalderot played a good bit, but she wasn't so good. So still a revolving door of outside hitters for Malonza, as we kind of expected. But um, on the Scandici side, we saw them roll with both foreign outsides, Britt Herbots and Ju Ting. And that means that Haley Washington got benched in the middle. So we saw Carl yeah. in the middle and Linda Nwakalor was the other middle to keep enough Italians on the floor. Antropova on the right and uh, Enrica Merlot at Libero. That that's, must be their, their new Libero this year with Onyenovic setting. So back and forth, good game. Carl was great. Nwakalor actually really good in the middle as well. Antropova not nearly as good. But uh, this could easily be a playoff matchup down the line. And uh, I'm, I was 100%. excited to watch this one. 100%. This is, this is definitely, if not a playoff matchup, like it could possibly... Mm. I don't know about the final, actually. No, uh, I, I'm I'm still looking for for at this point Malonza versus uh, versus Canigliano in the final. But hey, a good a really good fight here from from Scandici. I mean, this is a team that was right there, step in step with the best teams in the league last year. I don't know if they made enough moves in the offseason to really upgrade. Sure, adding Britt Herbots is nice, but I still I don't, I don't know if it pushes the needle enough for that. But yeah, uh, a good outing here for for both these teams. Nice for. Malone's going to get pushed a little bit early to kind of fig- have to figure out some things. Yeah, but I think they should. I mean, they went up 2-0 here. They should have won. Yeah. They should have gotten three points from this match. And, I mean, Karabayama off the bench in the fourth and started the fifth. Six for eight plus, uh, yeah, six for eight, seven points total with a block. Like, I don't know what you're doing not starting her over Miriam Silla. Like, you, you have enough foreigners. In, or, yeah. Sorry, you have enough Italians in the lineup with Oro, Egonu, and which and actually Parochiale because Castillo apparently isn't ready to play yet. So you didn't need to start Miriam Silla. 
Why yeah. are you starting Miriam Silla when she dropped when she goes nine for twenty nine? Now she did pass the ball well. I'll give her that. But if if Silla should be your offensive outside hitter, if she's bad on offense, yank her. Like that, we should know this by now. The decisions by old Italian coaches will never cease to surprise me. It it yeah. That let let let's just put it at that. I just don't get it. I mean, and you you yank Helena Kazot after going like what four for thirteen and passing amazingly, and you, you pull her out for Nika Dobrov for some reason, who ends up playing worse. And uh, I don't know if Rafael Foley's not ready to go yet, but Sonia Kandi started in the middle; she wasn't very good. Like, I I just I just don't get this. I, I don't get some of these choices. And we we thought that this was Malone's problem last year. We thought that this year it was going to be more clear who was going to play on a given night, but apparently not. Oh, I don't. I don't really have because you're saying it all. Is Castillo, yeah, Castillo really wasting her time at the Pan Am Games with the Dominican waste, women's team? What I mean, wasting her time—that sounds like a better the deal. Pan Am me. Games is a waste of time. I mean, for like Canada and the USA aren't even sending teams. Finally, yeah, but like, which is good. But like, a like the Pan Am Games is massive for like Central, the Caribbean, and like and South America. So huge. Like, it, it's a much bigger like. If I was Castillo, absolutely. Do I want to go with my teammates and best friends and national team girls who have like we've just had a great summer together? Keep that going on. I get to go hang out in an athlete village. We're in Chile. We're we're gonna win the tournament easily without any problems before I go off to my pro season. Absolutely. She's still getting paid from them. She's still getting the same amount of contract. I hundred percent. If I'm if I'm Brenda Castillo and I'm like. Do I go to the Pan Am Games with my national team, or do I go and slug it away in super in, in the Lega Volley Femininity? I'm going with my national team for sure. If I'm Malonza, I wouldn't have allowed her to do this. She's the best libero in the world. You paid her to come over, like, and she's going to go play this completely you know, insignificant they, tournament. Hundred percent. You know what they paid her to win? Win championships, right? Can they win a championship right now? Hell no. Is her mental health and player happiness more important for them right now? Absolutely. Right? Maybe maybe Matt Anderson wouldn't have taken that time off from Zenit Kazan if they would if they would have let him play uh, Pan Am Games with Team USA. You know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what that's exactly what we need to play to play even yeah. more national it, team volleyball into late October. Yeah, ever great idea. I mean, hey, national team volleyball versus club. It's she's still playing volleyball either or. Once again, I I think I would rather be with my homies. Ridiculous. Um, all right. Any more takes on this match? This wasn't wasn't far. It was far from the cleanest volleyball of all time. But it is two very good teams. Two very good teams. I think we're going to see them uh, a little bit more as we move forward. One other match that was a bit of an upset here, Rob. Uh, Roma, the newcomers to the Lega Volley Femminile, get no win. Their first win over Busto Arcizio, which is whoo. That's interesting. Arcizio, like, dude, they're going to have a bad year. Yeah. Busto is going to have a bad year. They have. Absolutely no firepower. They have no size. They have no national team, really no national team players, no national team prospects. Uh, most of their good players the past couple of years have just been funneled up to the better clubs. Like, remember, they got third in Champions League like two years yeah, ago. Yeah, no, this is this is this used to yeah. be like a Champions League yep. team. Jordan Poulter, elect, Jordan yeah. Poulter, Alexa Gray, Camila Mingardi. Like, that, that, that ah, team was, was sick two years ago. They were really good. That they beat Vakit Bank in a game. Yeah. And uh, this year, just just on paper and clearly on the court so far, just not going to be a good year for Busto Arcizio. No yeah, way do they make fun. the playoffs, in my opinion. Funding clearly isn't there. Yeah, that, that's that's a bit of a bummer. 
Um, let's see. I'm looking through the other scores. Novara beat Pinarolo. Yeah, great. Whatever. Uh, Corneliano beat Kieri, and Kieri is good. So that that was the other like high profile match this week. Although this shouldn't be at all surprising. How good was Isabel Hawk? Let's see. Uh, actually, not great. 17 points, 15 for 46, six errors. But uh, Khalil Lanier started and was very good. That's good for me to see. I like that. Nice. Love that, too. I liked, I got to watch her a little bit in Quebec City. I liked her a lot. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I, uh, I think that that three outside hitter group, all those Americans and Caneliano, is going to do well this year. I like the, the different looks that they have. Uh, okay. Well, I'm learning in the chat this uh, this Carletti girl from Busto is a, is a national team prospect, but uh, I, I don't know anything about her personally. Hopefully she can try and carry Busto to the playoffs, but I personally don't see it. Uh, here are the standings through three matches. Uh, only Corneliano and Novara perfect so far with nine points. Yeah, I mean, Milano losing that one. They're still undefeated, but just don't have, uh, have the nine points. And that's pretty much like, if you were to ask me how the top four would break down after the first few weeks, this is how it would break down for sure. Yeah, uh, Novara a little bit better than I might have thought, but I, I would argue that they haven't played anybody super good yet. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, should we take a look, uh, staying on the women's side, should we go look at the yes. Turkish league? Yeah, let's go Let's go check out the, uh, the Sultanar League because we had an absolute banger oh, yeah. early on last last week. Actually, right after this show, yeah. Zasasha versus Fenerbahce, and that was just an absolute banger of a match. It really like two giants just going toe-to-toe. Zasasha uh, getting the W in this one, 36 points. For Tiana Boskovic, she was 33 for 59. But on the other side of the net, it's the exact same story uh, for Magdalena Stiziak. She also had uh, 36 points. She was 33 for 58. Um, like those awesome, awesome performances. Both awesome, awesome performances. And the, the best thing about this match is that how back and forth it was. Yeah. I mean, you had uh, Fenerbahce win the first, Exhaustabasha win the second. Exhaustion Basha won the third. Fenerbahce came back nicely in the fourth. Exhaustion Basha in the fifth. Like this was a battle all the way through. To me, at the end of the day, though, um, Boscovich had a little bit more support uh, on the left side of the court. Alexa Gray was was very good and she was very solid for this team with 17 points. Whereas Arena Federatseva was, ugh, she was all right. Only 10 points, 10 for 33, no aces, which is odd. Which is odd that for is her. a little weird for her. Uh, and 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 no blocks, so um, a very very good good f- early match. And I mean, I think actually today, actually in three minutes, I'm pretty sure Zazabasha and Fener or, uh, Vakif Bank are going to be. Playing. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is an absolute banger. We're gonna get out of here as soon as we can to go watch that one. Yeah, this was a fun match. This was such a tone setter for the whole Turkish League season. I mean, the the Super Cup was a five setter. Vakif Bank won it. This was a five setter. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Vakif versus Zazabasha today went five. Uh, this was very, very fun. Two teams that are built very similarly right now. Like you have Stisiak versus Boscovich. You have Alexa Gray versus Fedorovtseva as the primary scoring outside hitters for both. Yep. You have Hande Baladin and like who is, yeah, I guess Malia Ismailolu or like her married name is Deacon now uh, is kind of the, the second outside hitters for both. You've got pretty good middles all the way around. You've got pretty good liberos all the way around. Um, this was great. And we, we saw Martina Chernyansko a little bit at the end for Zajibasha in the fifth or fourth, I guess. 
uh, which is good to see her. I'm excited to, for her to get a little more time this year. This is a great match. Very fun. Yeah. Uh, the, just the Discord was popping off for it. I'm hoping for the same uh, for this match coming up. Today. I really liked uh, Sinead uh, Jack Cassell from Trinidad and Tobago for uh, for Zasha Basha. She's great. Really just bring bringing some energy. She was eight for thirteen, got a block. Um, she was just I was just like, who is this 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 player here? And I was like, Trinidad and Tobago. Damn. No, Let's she's, go. She's been around. She was at Zasha. Oh, Basha's. she has been around. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Because yeah. she's Turkish now. She married a Turkish guy. It's just she doesn't count. She doesn't count against the foreigner limit. And uh, she's very very important for Zasha Basha love love to see it just just it's just further declaration that those caribbean countries just invest a little bit more in volleyball i'd love to see more cubas and dominican republics out there yeah just a little uh yeah i've I've nothing else really about this match except that it was awesome and uh, i'm excited for the (laughs) next one uh here are the (laughs) so that that was that was match day two uh on here's the standings through three matches for almost every team um really nothing happened in match day three there were zero notable results but uh this is i guess this is the start of round four vakapeng versus Zajibasha, unless they're like yeah. getting out ahead of oh yeah it's actually interesting flash score says it's round 12 they're like they're scheduled they're bringing a match forward in the schedule probably to make room for something else for champions like league. champions league or club world championship or something like that so they moved it up which is uh, just a treat for us we get a good midweek game one uh, one team that's interestingly struggling so far uh, for me is galatasaray yeah i mean this this has been a team that should be there and i mean they're their last one they went to, they've done two five setters that lost in five both times um this is a team that's typically at the top of the table so for them to start owing to losing to nilufer Mm, all right but losing to Serrier, that's like that yeah. shouldn't be happening so they actually beat Serrier yesterday so this this isn't this isn't quite as up to date with yesterday's uh, match. okay so galatasaray okay. D- did get their first win so, in five so they're one and two okay yeah they're, they're one and two they got three dong by vakif bank which is understandable in in their second match and then yeah they lost to nilofer in five so um yeah they got on the board there this 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 graphic is about two days old i guess yeah, it's so weird because they played their week three match before they played their week two match. Yeah. They played their week three match on the 21st and their week two match on the 24th. Uh, guys, just let's just keep this uniform, okay? Either we don't do weeks or we respect the weeks, okay? It's yeah, one or the other. I agree. Our, our North American brains are scrambled trying to follow along with how these calendars work. 100 100%, 100%. either you do an nfl where it's like these are the game days and we play the like throughout the weeks or you just you just open it up okay um like it's okay if you're moving things around for extracurriculars like like um champions league and stuff but none of this other stuff this is garbage figure it out <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's just a little, nice, nice little mini rant there from Everett. That's good, good, good to keep the people on their toes. All right, uh, any anything else about the Sultanar Ligi? I actually no. I do want to talk about the Effler Ligi a little bit. I don't have an asset for this, but another a, a great match last week was Hawk Bank versus Zerat Bank. Uh, went yes. five. It was awesome. It was free on YouTube. I think it was like Thursday, maybe. Uh, yeah, Xerox Bach ended up winning it in five. Very fun. Or, sorry, my bad. Hawk Bang won it in five. 16-14 in the fifth. Uh, Xerox Bank should have won it in five, which is what I was thinking of. I think they were up 13-11 or like 13-12 to receiving and, and couldn't get it done. Uh, Namir went back and went on a service run. Shocker. 
but uh, we saw a lot of the new characters. We saw Irvin Ingapet. We saw a little bit of Gord Perrin. We saw a little bit of Matt Anderson for Zerot Bank. We didn't even see Luciano Vicentin, who's also on Zerot Bank. Like there's, oh, there is, there is star power in the Turkish league this year. This, this, the Turkish league this year was really interesting to me. The the Efrilir league, especially when you look at the cast of opposites that they have. Uh, on on some of these teams, like Hulk Bank has Namir, Zerot Bank has Anderson, Arcus has Roser. Your best friend had Ava is playing for Galatasaray, <laughs> uh, a Cuban a Cuban hero, and not so much in Finland. Roland uh, uh, Cepeda is is playing for who who is it? Uh, oh my Develli. god, I, I forgot about him. Man, it's been yeah, years. You, you've got Sadat Bardia, the Iranian youngster who's who's in Italy, uh, who's in 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 Turkey. Brad Gunter, classic uh, Thompson Rivers University U sports guy. Wow. He used to do things for the Maple Volleys and was quite the MVP in Bulgaria for a number of years. He's also in Turkey. So you have some, you've got some high flying right side opposites uh, in the in the League. And I like that. I like that yeah, a that's lot. That's fun. That's you've fun. got like you've got multiple. You've got right now nine guys in the Eflor League. Leaguey, uh averaging over five points a set. And Anderson is sitting right on the outside of that at 4.89. And Anderson's playing left side. I mean, Valder Termat is their guy oh, on is. the right. Oh, he is. Oh, I completely forgot about Termat as well. Man. Honestly, if you want to watch the effort, you just watch the right side of the court. That's where the balls go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's a lot of bangers on the right side in that league. Uh, also, in, in other league news, uh, Berlin won the German Super Cup. Breaking news: yeah. They win. They win it every single year. Uh, they beat. They three dong Friedrichshafen. Whatever. Uh, I think the season starts. Yeah, this weekend. This weekend. The yeah. Bundesliga on, on Friday, actually. Yeah, they three dong Friedrichshafen. Friedrichshafen uh, beat Lundberg. I think three two in the uh, in yeah, five in the semifinals, right. and Berlin beat uh, Gießen as well, and in, yep. in the other the other semifinal. I, there, so. well, well, I'm excited for, definitely excited for some Bundesliga. Yeah, I will not claim to have watched any of those matches. <laughs> I watched a couple of minutes of Lundberg versus Friedrichshafen at the end. All right. That's about it. All right. Uh, let's take a break before we have one more fun thing to talk about. It's uh, the results of our national team polls that we put out last week. Got to unveil those. But before we do that, a couple of very important announcements. The first is that volleyball.store. Ever let the people know. Absolutely. Head over, guys, to that volleyball dot store. Use the code fifteen or code spicy for fifteen percent off. You'll get your entire order there for fifteen percent off. And yeah, go go check it out. That's where how uh, one place that you can support us. You get all your spicy volleyball gear, all of your nine by nine gear, all of your other stuff. And yeah, it's yep. awesome. Check it out. Got to get in there. Also, uh, give us a thumbs up on this video. We're pretty good viewers. We, we appreciate you guys getting really active in the chat, but also give us a thumbs up and join the Volleyball Source Discord. If you're not already in there, link's in the description. It's a no-brainer. It's the best online volleyball community in the world. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of people watching the the Vakif Bank versus Zajibasha game that just started. So join that. It's great. Also, where's Daddy? Where's Daddy? Daddy Stankovich is back every week on this show. He's back on the court for Modena, which is great to see. But also, Daddy Stankovich is hidden somewhere in this episode. And if you find him and you comment in the main YouTube comments section after the stream is over, not the live chat, you cheaters. I see people talking about Daddy in there. You got to wait until the show is over and comment in the main sec- comment section if you find Daddy. And then if you do, you get a shout out on next week's show. So last week, we were talking about the round two of the Lega Volley Feminile. 
And if you look really closely in that green Volifolia logo on the right side there, you see a sort of uh, sublimated green Daddy Stankovic. Some of my better work. I wanted to uh, go go away from just putting him on somebody's face th- th- this time and put him on one of the logos. So um, our friend Devin from the Volleyball Coverage Channel found him and our friend John Lau found him uh, right away. So uh, good job, you guys found Daddy. If you find Daddy in this episode, make sure you comment where he is in the main YouTube comment section after the stream is over. Uh, real quick, Rob, it is 7-5 for Vakif Bank early on. Okay. Man, they got Nike as a sponsor. It's like, yeah, it's, I it's feel big. Like, like the, the Sultanar League does well. Oh, like, there's money. There's there's money, dude. There's money in that league. Yeah. So Vakif Bank's wearing Nike. Same with Olsten. Olsten in the Plus League is wearing Nike this year. Got to get, got to get. Oh, but even Gazasha Basha has some nice Puma jerseys as well. Gridetti. I don't know if I like that uh, that suit and then t-shirt look combo. He looks like a bumblebee. <laughs> You've got it on in the background, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, All right. In the background. It's right, right. But I'm looking at you and Vodka Fangs right beside. Very nice. All right. Without further ado, it is time to unveil uh, the 2023 Volleyball Source National Team Season Awards. So this was something that we wanted to get all the, we wanted to get a lot of feedback from the community. We put out polls last week. We got several hundred responses to two different polls. One was putting together the all-star teams of the summer, and one was putting together some superlatives, trying to give out some awards. Um, I'm very excited about these. We appreciate you all uh, answering the poll, filling out your responses. Uh, I spent a lot of time yesterday compiling all the data and bringing up some results. Everett, would you want to start with the all-star teams or with the awards? Let's start with the awards. Let's do it. So, uh, if ever we have an we have an Excel document with all with all the data that I put uh, I put it in our show notes if you want to look at it. But without further ado, let's start at the top. Let's start with the MVPs. First of all, it is to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Congratulations, Melissa Vargas, the MVP of the summer of the MVP of the women's national team season with seventy nine percent of the vote. Melissa Vargas is the female player of the year. Magdalena Stisiak in second with 7.4%. This is an absolute landslide win for Melissa Vargas. And if, 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 any, if anybody else had won this award, we would have shut down this channel. So no-brainer. Congratulations to Melissa Vargas. By far the best player in the world this summer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, with, without a doubt, she was a monster. Like, she was ridiculous. She and was MVP she was, of the VNL, MVP yeah. of Eurovolley. Yeah. Helped her team go seven and zero in Olympic qualifiers. Like what more? Yeah. What more can you say? Very much. Very. I agree. On the men's side, however, uh, the men, the men's, the men's MVP, which ends up going to Alexander Schliefka of Poland, with only twenty percent of the vote. This was extremely close. Uh, Schliefka got twenty percent. Georg Groser got eighteen percent. Martin Janusz thirteen percent. Yuki Ishikawa twelve percent. Wilfredo Leon and Micah Christensen, 11%. This was really, really tight. I, I honestly didn't know who I was going to vote for in this particular category. It does go to Schliefka, who helped Poland win everything they touched this summer, but they were so well-rounded and so just good all the way around. I mean, they had three guys get significant votes for MVP, but congratulations to Schliefka. I mean, he uh, has a case for best outside hitter in the world right now. 
Honestly, yeah. Like, and when you look at the fact that there was times in the past with the Zaxa, there was times in the past with the national team where, like, it looked like he was just going to be that third guy off the bench, like, just kind of, you know, stability guy for him to to make that comeback and to really solidify himself as maybe the important, most important player in both those teams. It's huge, especially when you consider the the surrounding cast that he's had. Like, this is what makes like Polish volleyball so intriguing to me right now is that everywhere else there's solid core guys but how many of these polls have had you know from Schlivka to Fornell to Semenya like it's just another one every year but I, I do think this is well deserved for Alexander Schlivka yeah and it's like this is just considering the summer for team Poland it's not including Champions League which yeah. is is even more of a of, of supporting Schlivka's case for best outside hitter in the world right now but uh, he was also brilliant for Poland I mean he w- was their best player at VNL in my opinion he was probably their best player at Eurovolley, even though Leon won the MVP, and he was mm-hmm. excellent as, as one of a rotating cast at Olympic qualifiers. So good for Schliefka, but there were a lot of guys that um, had amazing summers. Like There was not, not even close to a runaway candidate like there was for Vargas on the women's side. Yeah, no, de- definitely not. It was a, it was a much different situation on on the men's side. But we've seen that, like we've talked about a little, but quite a bit about how the women's game has transitioned to having a monster opposite. You just chuck a bunch of balls to, whereas the men's game has spread out a little bit, and you're seeing guys contribute from all over the place. Um, so, I mean, not to be surprised considering how both of the games are, have have been evolving in the past few years. I completely agree. Uh... Continuing in the theme with Melissa Vargas completely cleaning up her awards. Congratulations to the newcomers of the year. Melissa Vargas wins this award uh, with 85% of the vote because she is, this was her first summer playing for the Turkish national team. She is, she is a newcomer. But, I mean, come on. She, she almost is too good for, for this award. Antropova in, in second. Completely is, too good for this award. Yeah, Completely too good for this award. But she, I mean, she is a newcomer. She she absolutely is. This is her first season playing for Turkey. It, it definitely counts. But it almost is. It, it's a little bit lame to have her clean up yet another award with even more of the vote. But the newcomer of the year on the men's side, congratulations to Luke Herr. Luke him, if, if, as if, we've called him. Luke him. <laughs> uh, I like that. Um, I do respect Farrah Riegers. There's a lot of, like, it was a close, but, like, guys, like, there, there's a big difference between what Luke, Luke her and Farrah Riegers did this year. So, show some respect. respect. Yeah. So, respect. I was as I was putting together all this data, I, I actually, in general, I agree with a lot of the community's choices for this. I think there were a lot of uh, the the because we had enough people fill out the poll, which we appreciate. The yeah, there's so many folded. Yeah, that's great. The, the over the overwhelming like at, at the end of the day, the opinions ended up being pretty good. I think there were mm-hmm. some very bad votes here and there. Uh, yes, Riggers is not a bad vote. I think he it was between him and her definitely. Yeah, uh, there are a couple votes for like Mirza Lagumja, who isn't really even a newcomer. He's played before. No. Votes for Onorato, maybe. Votes for Christian Thondike, yeah, okay, I, I kind of get that one. Votes for Bovalenta. Um, Somebody wrote Nikolov, too, in here, too. Definitely not a newcomer. Yeah, George Gregor, George Grozier got a... Definitely not a newcomer. That's what I was about to say, is Grozier appears in a lot of these awards, as we'll talk about. Because I mean, he was he was unbelievable. He had one of the best tournaments we've ever seen. But 
th- there is a lot of recency bias in some of these results. So There's much a, recency bias. A lot, a lot of people are thinking only about Olympic qualifiers. It's the last thing we saw and forgetting about continental championships and VNL. And this, we're talking about the whole summer here. We're not just talking about Olympic qualifiers, even though Grozer was unbelievable. And that tournament alone, which was the only one that he played, that tournament alone does hold a lot of weight. But there was more volleyball this summer than that. So next, next time, I want people to, to try and think oh, around recency bias a little bit more. I do, though, think that Luke Kerr was the right choice for newcomer of the year. He definitely had my vote. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for most improved female of the year most improved women of the year rob uh this one was pretty consensus ever character sure she's not new to the scene but you move her from the right side to the left side no one knew if it was possible hell we were still doubting it like through the regular like through the uh the uh the rounds in the vnl it wasn't really until the playoffs that she really started to step up and and to be that player but for ever character to make that move from the right side to the left side was was so huge for Turkey and a big reason why they've dominated this year. Yeah, I think this is absolutely the right choice on the women's side, Kara Kurt. The improvement in not just like, did she become a better player? It's more about like, did she become more important to her team? And she absolutely, and which, is, which is crazy. The fact that like, she used to be the linchpin. She used to be right. the player. She used to be everything that, volleyball hinged around and then you move her to the left side in what many people would see as a, a lesser role and she's gotten better and to me there's a, there's a huge amount of respect that goes to everybody characters for that especially since she's been painted as maybe not the easiest person to deal with in the past um but also daniele santarelli for yep. him to realize the 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 importance of her role and the importance of her there and to make that transition is is absolutely huge yeah and Turkey is nowhere without her being able to play left side, being able to receive, being able to be a threat on the left attacking. Like they would not have been the same team without her switching the positions and playing so well. But I also really like the the two players that that came in just behind Agnieszka Kornaluk at twenty one point nine percent of the vote. She had an Lethal awesome Barbie. Summer. Let's go, Lethal, Lethal Barbie. Barbie. She had an awesome summer, and so did Emily Maglio, thirteen point two percent of the vote for most improved. She had an awesome summer, leading blocker at Olympic qualifiers, if I remember yeah. correctly. She was great. Blocks. She was she was she was fantastic. I think she had like twelve blocks in a game too at Norseka Championships. Sheesh. So yeah, it, it was a lot. She's she's a highly underrated player who is still not under contract, if I'm not mistaken. How is that possible? I don't know. You literally just led had the most blocks in the biggest tournament of the year, and no one wants to pick her up. Although I'm not necessarily, you know, maybe she's not looking to get picked up. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, now right before vnl like they were gonna they were they needed more help in the middle and like maglio was always gonna start across from jen cross but like Mag- maglio ended up putting like one and a half to two middle blockers worth of production from one middle blocker position all summer yeah 100 it'll be big to see what happens with uh the mb uh two position for the maple place on the women's side this summer yeah uh, big big ups to uh ebra karakert and on the men's side ran takahashi I disagree with this one. Okay, good that you said it, not me. (laughs) I disagree with this one. This is a weeb vote. This This, is a weeb vote for sure. This is a weeb vote. I disagree with this. Takahashi had a very good summer, but he had a similarly good summer last year. Like this is this is not this this was a popularity vote, and I disagree with this. He he was not. He didn't. He 
he doesn't move the needle for for Japan like Ishikawa or uh, Miura or but that's but that's Nishida. not what we're voting on here. We're voting for no. most improved player. 100%. Takahashi this summer versus last summer did not improve as much as the guy who came in second here, Arthur Schwartz, who absolutely should have won this award, was by far the most improved player. Didn't even yeah. play last year except a little bit at middle blocker. No. Was by far the most improved player at an important position, helped Canada qualify for the Olympics. Was but like no you saw the improvement throughout the summer too. Yeah. Like Schwartz was a non-starter on this team who we saw sparingly throughout VNL, right? Like, and then you bring him into the North Seeker for the North Seeker Championship, the Olympic qualifiers, and this team does does some incredible things with him being a massive part of it. Like there's there's no doubt to me in in this one. You guys got you guys you guys got this wrong. Yeah, you guys got and this one wrong. To, in, I, and I, I an apology. <laughs> yeah, give give us a give us a, a nice weeb apology and for making us making us put a Japanese player on the screen in the category where he doesn't belong. Arthur Schwartz should have won this. Johannes Tila got some votes as well. He also deserved it. Uh, he also was improved much more than Takahashi did. Anton Brema got some votes. Um, Javier Concepcion got some votes. Justin Lilly like got him. some votes. I, I, and I agree yeah, with yeah. Luciano Vicentine got some votes. I agree with all of those over Takahashi. Most improved yeah. this year versus last year. All those players improved more more than Ren Takahashi did. I don't know necessarily about uh, uh, Tila. I think Tila's always been good, but he hasn't had Tila, necessarily had. Tila him. was the third setter on the depth chart until this year for Germany. This yeah, it, but when even, you when you it, looked at like like guys like in our in our Discord have been talking about Tila for a while now and have been saying that he should have been the guy for for a little well, bit. Well, doesn't mean he's not most improved. He he ne- he never got a look until like until Kampa wasn't that good in week one of VNL this year. And when we saw Tila come in in Ottawa, he kind of took the spot for himself. I think that absolutely counts for most improved. I mean, the reason the reason Germany beat us on whatever night of, of it was in VNL in Ottawa is because they moved, like, Canada rocked Germany in the first set with Kampa, and then Tila came in and, and, yep. and switched it up. But uh, I still think our Schwartz has been the most improved. And if you're out there voting like a, like a haiku story, you're wrong. Yeah, this was. I think this was the only truly bad pick that the that the that the people made. I, I disagree with with Takahashi for most improved. Let's talk about another category that I think is very interesting and one that uh, you got to be careful with how you define it. Comeback Player of the Year. So on the men's side, this was absolutely dominated by Georg Grozer. Fifty four percent of the vote, Grozer wins Comeback Player of the Year. Now, technically, Grozer did make a comeback a comeback from his own voluntary retirement from the national team he comes back and has one of the great tournaments of all time in olympic qualifiers but again we're talking about the whole summer not just olympic qualifiers and like comeback to me is like comeback from injury or comeback from like obscurity way down the depth chart or comeback from like something else like Coming back from choosing not to play for several summers and then choosing to come back and being amazing isn't quite in the spirit of the category to me, even though it, it is technically a comeback and Grozer was unbelievable in that one tournament. I personally voted for Wilfredo Leon in this category, who came in who came in, in second because he didn't play all of national team summer last year because he hurt his knee, he had surgery. Then he came back, he was the MVP of Eurovolley. He kind of... Um, 
he kind of had a lot to prove after a club season where Perugia was disappointing and didn't play national team last year. And I thought that Leon had a good comeback summer, but Eric Lepke also deserved a lot of votes, which he got. He ended up coming in third. What do you think ever like is is Grozer the right pick? Does does Grozer like is he in the spirit of the comeback player of the year award to you? Um not really. Uh to be honest, like you're right. Like he didn't like it's not like he was injured. I mean, I think he did suffer an injury, like a small one at PHNs of this year, but like nothing, nothing too serious. Um but I mean, like you could make the argument too that that that, that this was a comeback. Ah, it's fifty fifty. It, it would be. I think it would be a, a a different story if there was someone else who really seemed to deserve it. And like the only one for me would be Lepke. But even then, you know, like he did suffer an injury kind of throughout the year. We didn't really see him last year, but like we saw him a little bit. So I, I think if there was some better options, maybe we wouldn't see Grosher here. Another player who got some votes but deserved more is Max Holt. Yes, I think that was that was one of the guys that like I really would have want to see. I think like for me it should have been Max Holt. Like Max has been a guy that we weren't really sure we would ever see again on a national team level at the level that he was at, and he came back and almost seems like he got better in yeah, a lot was, of ways. And, really and good. you know, like I almost think Sprawl wishes that he didn't come back as good so that it could make some of his decisions <laughs> easier in the middle blocking position. But it's, they've just got hot harder because max hold and i think we said a few times we said it to max as well both in vnl and orsica championships that it was great to have him back oh absolutely and uh, norbert huber also got some votes in this category which and now this is a real comeback i mean he tore his achilles in january of 22 didn't play national team summer at all last year came back and was one of their best players in Eurovolley and in olympic quals so I, i think that that's more the comeback that i have in mind yeah. Like on the women's side, Gizem Urga winning this award as a comeback player. She did come back from injury. That I like. Hande mm-hmm. Baladin, that, that one doesn't really make sense to me. She wasn't, she, like, what did she come back from? Being bad? Like, she, and she still rode the bench for a lot of the summer. Like, Ilkin yeah, Aiden was, was their second outside hitter. At least she should have been most of the yeah. time. Thaisa, uh, the, the middle from Brazil, that one I do like as a comeback player. She definitely did deserve votes there. Yeah. Uh, but Giza Morga gets this award, and I agree. I mean, she was she at Libero for Turkey this summer was a unsung and very important part of why they were so good. So that one, that one, I agree with. But Grozer, I mean, just maybe not in the spirit of the award to me. Even though technically he did make a comeback and he was amazing for one tournament. And like people are saying, oh, you should have made it more clear that we're talking about the whole summer. You guys are you guys must be illiterate because I put in big bold letters at the very beginning of the poll considering the entire national team season only. And then I listed every tournament and who won and who was the MVP and I gave you all the info you needed. You guys just can't read. So that's your own fault. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on. I agree with you fully. Like the, the information was there. If you guys are here complaining, yeah. Suck it! Yeah, um, I'm. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so sorry we put out this poll for you guys to all get involved. I'm so sorry we went through all this effort to make all this okay, content. You guys okay. are complaining about it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. All right. No, no brainers for this award. The coaches of the year: Tuomas Melvo of Canada on the men's side, Daniele Santarelli of Turkey on the women's side. Absolute no brainers. Uh, Gerbich and Blind on the men's side deserved votes. So did Lavarini on the women's side for Poland, but. 
Samelvo and Santorelli absolutely were the right picks for these awards. So good job, community. You got this one right. Yeah, I mean, hey, Santorelli, you're the, the absolute goat right now. Amazing. Everything he touches turns to gold. He transitions over to Turkey. That we had so many questions at the beginning of the season, and he answered all of them. And then some some at Vuo. What can I say? You made you you were the man. You 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 made it you made it happen for us. So Canadian hero. To, yeah, honestly. Put him on a put him on the dollar. Put him on the loony. <laughs> put him on the loony. A finished guy on the loony. That would be awesome. Um I didn't even make a ask... volleyball guy on the on the loony. Yeah, so that would be crazier. That would be all time. Um I didn't even make an asset for a dark horse team of the year because it was so obviously won by the Dominican Republic on the women's side and Germany on the men's side. So congratulations yeah. to them. Let's um, keep it let's keep it moving. Keep moving. Those, those ones were those ones were, were obvious. Match of the year. This was a very interesting one to put together because we just like left it open-ended for the people to type in their own responses for match of the year. The men's match of the year ended up being Argentina's 3-2 win over the U.S. in VNL Week 3 in Anaheim because that one set went like 43-41 or whatever it ended up being. It was, it was the longest match in VNL history. The women's match of the year was Turkey 3-2 over Serbia in the Euro Volley mm. Final. Um, yes. However, the Turkey A 3-2 win over Italy in the Eurovolley semifinal was right behind it. Uh, 37% for the final, 29% of the vote for the semifinal. But uh, on the men's side, there was a 32% of the vote for Argentina-USA, and then a, a whole lot behind that at like 8% for a bunch of random little matches here and there. So those are your matches of the year. Everett, what, 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 what were your votes for this category? Hmm. Where were my votes for this category? That's a good question. I have a hard time, Rob, because we watch so much volleyball. I have a hard time picking out like specific matches. I think for me personally, just the uh, up and down of Cuba versus Canada, both in VNL and at Norseca, um, beating Ronnie anytime will get me going. That that that, <laughs> one's, that that one's a little bit biased for sure, but. Uh, yeah, those 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 are two of the, the the biggest ones for me. But that's that's a completely biased answer, and I know that. Yeah, like Canada versus Cuba at Norseca in the semifinal was as high on my list. I mean, it, obviously we did the broadcast. There's definitely some bias there, but that that match was sick. Uh, Argentina USA it was definitely a sick match. Mm-hmm. Um, US USA three two over France in the VNL quarterfinal was a good match. Um, Canada yeah. beating the Netherlands in Olympic qualifiers was a great one in my head. That, that, um, was, that was a good one. I really liked Brazil versus Cuba in Ottawa. That was a great one. Oh, th- that match, being there in person, that match was awesome. Uh, Bel- actually, Belgium versus Bulgaria. Somebody put that in the chat. That got a lot of votes. Bul- or Bulgaria sweeping Belgium in Olympic qualifiers got a lot of votes. Uh, so did uh, Japan 3-2 over Italy in the VNL bronze medal match. That was also a really good one. And then on, on the women's side, it was the, those two Turkey A5 setters in Eurovolley, but also Brazil 3-2 over Japan in Olympic qualifiers, which was also a great match. That that one got some also votes too. Great match. So many good matches this summer. So a lot many good of good matches. <laughs> also, we just heard that Vakif Bank won the first set 25-23, so that match is spicy. Uh, don't worry, we'll get to it. Last but not least in our awards... It is my pleasure to award uh, award Stooge of the Year. Stooge of the Year goes to none other than Davide Mazzanti. Congratulations, Davide Mazzanti. You are the Stooge of the Year. 
for completely blowing every opportunity with the Italian women's national team. Uh, 39% of the vote went to Mazzanti. Congratulations for being awarded the Stooge of the Year. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, CEV Broadcasting and the VNL Replay System also received significant votes, uh, as did the Korean women's national team, the Volleyball World social media admins. Somebody wrote in, whoever gave MVP of the VNL to Pavel Zatorsky received some votes for Stooge of the Year. Andrea Gianni received some votes for Stooge of the Year. Really? So, somebody somebody wrote in, anyone who doubted Eric Lepke. <laughs> I figured you would like that one, Everett. Uh, then somebody also wrote in, the idiots that did the Norseka broadcast as Stooges of the Year. As like jokingly. That makes sense. That was a good one. <laughs> jokingly, I don't know. I, I think that was pretty serious. Yeah, somebody wrote in the entire Norseka Federation as Stooge of the Year. Uh, this was a good category, but Matsanti had to win. Matsanti had to win this category. 100%. What a stooge. Absolutely. What a stooge. We should do Stooge of the Year for club season as well because there's going to be some real contenders. Uh, Eric Klepke. I love that. <laughs> stooge Chev is uh, stooge Chev. leading the category oh, so far. As always. All right, Rob, is that it? No, we got, we got to do our all-star teams. Uh, oh, that, that is that is the last thing. It's on it's on the the next tab of of that of that Excel or that that sheet that you've got there, Everett. Let's start on the women's side. Congratulations to the first team All Stars this summer. The way we did this is we had you vote your first and second best. Like if if you have one player on the court, you voted for your top two. If you have two players on the court, you voted for your top four. And then uh, I, I put it all with weightings on who, how many votes you got for first best, second best, third or fourth. This is our first team all-star for the women. Joanna Voos of Poland is the first team setter. Gabi of Brazil, of course, the first team outside, as is Li Ying Ying. Melissa Vargas, the first team opposite. Zara Gunesh was the number one middle. Agnieszka Kornaluk, Lethal Barbie was the number two middle. And Brenda Castillo was the number one libero. Everett, I think this, is, I think this list is perfect. I, I actually think this is the exact perfect seven player list. Have I have some I I mean I have some uh, what people would say is a bias, but I would put a certain Alexa Gray over Li Ying Ying. Li Ying Ying got the China got silver at VNL and she was awesome. True, they did get silver at VNL, but they did lose to us at, at uh Olympic qualifiers. But they did. um yeah, you're recency right. You're right. They, never... they did they did recency bias for sure, but silver at VNL is is good. Um yeah. Yeah, but other uh, than that, yeah, 100%. This was actually my exact list in this exact order. Uh, the, the, I, I, think okay. the commu- I think the community got this one exactly right. Uh, so congratulations to these seven ladies. They are the first team all-stars of the summer. Second team all-stars on the women's side. There is Alexa Gray Everett. Uh, Kara Kurt was outside hitter three. Gray was outside hitter four. Jansu Ozbai was setter number two. This one I was a little surprised by. Because uh, Elif Shaheen was setter number three. I was wondering which Turkish setter would get it. Uh, Tiana Boschkovic was the second opposite. Ada Erdem was the third middle. Thaisa Menezes was the fourth middle. And Gizem Urga was the second libero. I also think this is a very good list. Alexa Gray had to get on there somewhere. It is. Bos- it is Boschkovic a, deserved it. It is a very good list. I do think that it shows that we had a lot of Turkish people. In yes. Yeah, uh, six six Turkish vote getters or six Turkish players, but in our fourteen first and second All Stars, I'm that might be a little too many, but uh, th- I mean they were the best team in the world, so they certainly deserve a lot of spots. Um, Bushkovich, uh, 
Boscovich was amazing this summer. She definitely deserves a spot, but I personally voted for Magdalena Stisiak as my second opposite. She was, she ended up coming in third on the list. It's cause, just because Poland was so good and Poland had such a good summer by their own standards. Yeah, for sure. I would have liked to see Stisiak there as well. I think she had a phenomenal summer. And Boscovich was, was fantastic, don't get me wrong, but just not... I, I liked. I think Steve Zak was there a little bit more. Yeah, Bushkovich was great. I mean, she was the probably the second best player in all of the Euro Volley tournament. Just wasn't quite enough. Um, yeah, somebody says no American women. I agree. I don't think there there no. was any American women that deserved to be on this list for this summer. Like, who would you have no, put in, and, and over who? Like, no one. Not one. Not one. Yeah. What did they win? What did they medal in? Yeah, like second at Norseka. That's a failure. Man, uh, that's yeah. We qualified for the Olympics. That was good. But fourth at VNL, that's a failure. Yeah, I don't think, and that we don't have any superstars. I, I definitely wouldn't have put any American women. Justine Wong Arantes got some votes at Libero. That was the only player who got like that's, a yeah, decent that's number the only of one votes. I would, I, would, I would consider as well. Yeah. All right. On to the men. Uh, congratulations to the first team all stars for the men's national team this summer. Micah Christensen, the number one setter. Alexander Schliefka and Yuki Ishikawa are the outsides. Georg Groser is the opposite. Augustine Loser and Jakob Kokonowski are the middles. And Eric Shoji is the libero. I think this list is very good. Yeah, I think it's pretty much bang on. Yeah. I'm, I, I, th- I think it's pretty much bang on. Yeah. Christensen and Shoji are no-brainers. Uh, yeah. I think that Schlieff, the outside hitter position was a tight one. I think you could have made a lot of cases for a lot of guys. But Schliefka and Ishikawa, I think, were the, the, the top two opposite here's the here's the grozer conversation again because grozer was amazing at olympic qualifiers but there's another player who had an amazing summer in three different tournaments and yeah. that i mean we can just show our second team all-stars that's Lukasz kachmarek who yes. i personally voted for for the first team because he was better the entire summer versus grozer was unbelievable for one tournament but uh Grozer had to be on here somewhere. Second team All-Stars. Marcin Janis is the second setter. Wilfredo Leon and TJ DeFalco are outside hitters three and four. Lukasz Kaczmarek is the second opposite. Norbert Huber and David Smith are middle blockers three and four. And Tomohiro Yamamoto is the second libero. I agree with this list, too. I think this is pretty yeah. good. Solid, solid all the way through. I, there's a bit more, there's also a pulse bias. You're seeing the same, the same thing as, as the last one. But, uh, you but know, they're the best been, team. It, They've been absolutely. They've been the best team all, all the way through, so no problem with that. I do yeah, like the number I of think Americans. Two solid lists. Yeah, uh, Micah, Shoji, DeFalco, and Smith. I think all were deserving. I'm glad that they all uh, that, that they all were were recognized on our volleyball source national team all stars. So those are our lists. Uh, thank you guys all for giving us your feedback. Thanks for participating in the polls. That was fun. It was fun to put that together. We'll we'll certainly do something like that again in uh, in the near future. Uh, Dicheco, yeah. by the way, was the third setter, just behind Janish. Yeah, I mean, I still think he's not one of the top setters, Janusz, but I still think like he's he's good for that team. I I, I still disagree with you on that. I think Janusz is top five in the world. No arrow, Ariel. <laughs> oh, I love the, I, I love the memes of this channel. Oh my god! Well, thank you guys. Right, for Rob, just, That's yeah. a show. I think that's the show. That is the show. Make sure to head over to that volleyball.store. Make sure to join the Discord. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to tell us where's daddy, and we will see you next week. Go watch Zaja, or go watch Zajabash versus Fakif Bank. We're going to be watching it. You should too. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching.